This week's episode of the Jewish Living Podcast is brought to you by the Queen's Jewish Links 2020 networking event. Join me and hundreds of other potential partners and clients at the upcoming Queen's Networking Event of the Year at the Young Israel of Jamaica States on Wednesday, February 19th. Come help grow your business and socialize, and what Jewish event would be complete without food? A kosher Chinese buffet will be served, of course. Spots are filling up quickly. For more information, to register, and for sponsorship opportunities, call 917-549-6145 or email queensjewishlink at gmail.com. Once again, 917-549-6145 or email queensjewishlink at gmail.com. The Queen's Jewish Link presents the Jewish Living Podcast the show that examines the many facets of Orthodox Jewish life. Here's your host, Izzo Zwerin. We often have a somewhat insulated community in the from world. This is most evident in the area of pop culture. What is usually popular in the Orthodox Jewish world rarely breaks out into the mainstream. However, every once in a while, a form of entertainment from the from world does manage to infiltrate the mainstream. For example, in 2010, acapella group The Maccabees released their Hanukkah parody, Candlelight, bringing mainstream attention to the Orthodox Jewish music world, while simultaneously dooming us to hear acapella groups try annually to repeat that magic. What was great about the 2010 release was that it happened so organically, as there was no intention to receive fame. Well, today on the Jewish Living Podcast, we talked to someone who was able to repeat that magic nine years later. My name is Simi Cohen, and I am also known as Don Zemmer. We sit down with Don Zem- Simi Cohen to discuss how a small niche hobby turned into an internet sensation and how its roots in Jewish music helped get him there. All right, Simi, thank you so much for joining me. First of all, I'm a huge fan of uh, the Don Zemmer account and all that you produce. Before we get into that, just tell me a little bit about yourself. Sure. I live in Queens. I work in marketing. I work in New York City. I'm married. I have a baby daughter who's turning one soon. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, That's about it. All right. Simi, can you explain exactly what your videos are? Maybe even give an example of how it works. Um, What Don Zemmer is at its core is me singing songs. Instead of using the lyrics to the song, I'm using baseball player names. That's it. Now, I'm trying a bunch of things. A, I'm trying to make it match as closely as possible. The beginning of Star Spangled Banner is, oh, say, can you see? Yes, it is. Jose Canseco is not a perfect match, but it's funny, and it's a full name, and he's like this baseball personality, and I'm like, Jose Canseco, that's like funny. because. Right. So sometimes I try to get a perfect match. and For and, example? Um... You know what's funny? In Piano Man, there's a stretch of words which is the most perfect match of any song that I've ever done. And ironically, it's the words, I'm not really sure how it goes. And there's players that go, so who, what's I'm not really sure how it wit goes, right? Okay. Anthony goes, Bobby Witt, whatever, right? Okay. Those are, per- that's a perfect match. I would um, imagine that in uh, We Didn't Start the Fire, there's actually a more perfect match because there is literally a lyric of uh, Joe DiMaggio, DiMaggio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I didn't even use Joe DiMaggio. For. You didn't use Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> right. That seems I like a... Connor Joe and Dom DiMaggio. Oh, okay. Just to be, yeah, just to, to be funny, but um, exactly, right. So, so, so again, I already explained what, what it is, right? It's, it's just singing the, the, instead of using lyrics, I'm using baseball player names. 
um, and my goals are to match as well as possible. To be, but in, on top of that, to kind of be funny and to keep the humor in it as well. What everybody wants to know is how did this whole Don Zemmer thing start? I think that most people listening here probably know what a Zemmer is. Maybe a little less of them know who Don Zimmer was and why that's a joke. But if you can give me a little bit of background on Don Zimmer and what you do. Sure. So back at the beginning of the last baseball season, so 2019, I guess in April 2019 or March. So I'm in a WhatsApp group with some friends, one of which is Izzo, who's oh. pre pretending not to know that, that he's part of the origin story for Don Zimmer. <laughs> but it's Izzo and me and four other guys. And all we do is talk about baseball. And I think we started that group maybe the year before to help like keep each other posted when news breaks. So like in the summer, if there's a trade or, or rumors or something like we'll share it in that group and all of us are Orthodox Jews and that's going to come into play soon. So we're, we're in this group and at the beginning of the season, we're kicking around fantasy team name pun ideas. So anyone who plays fantasy baseball or fantasy sports knows that when you create your team, uh, your team name, one of the biggest things you have to do is name your team with some kind of pun from some of your players. And we were doing it with a Jewish twist. And I remember this specifically. So like, like I think I had Lorenzo Cain and we were talking about Cain Yehiratzon, Cain Yerbu, a bunch of Jewish phrases with the word Cain. And um, one thing led to another and somehow led to um, me sending a voice note of Tzor Michelot, the Friday night song. And then after just the audio version of that song with like written out words. And then after that, I created a video for Baruch Ke'elion. Totally just as like random shtick. I sent it to you guys. I don't think anyone reacted for the first like couple of days. <laughs> and then like a couple of days later, not you, someone else in the group responded. Um, wow, this is pretty cool. Can I share this? And I'm like, yeah, go ahead and share it. And before I knew it, um, it was like viral on WhatsApp. And I was seeing it. People were sending it to me like, Simi, you'd appreciate this. I'm like, I made that. <laughs> uh, and uh, we were keeping track of, you know, how far is this going? Like everyone, was, we were all pretty excited. Like who saw this? And this is all within WhatsApp. Yeah, you do that thing where you see how far something goes. And if it comes back to you in, let's say, another group. Right. Totally yeah. disconnected. Like, you know, someone that you don't know sent it to you that, that doesn't know the other people. There's no way they could have gotten it. Yeah. I remember receiving it from my father-in-law in a different group. Right. That was kind of cool. So this is Baruch Elyon. And, um, you know, my first reaction when that happened was I could do better than that. Like, I didn't even think it was so it wasn't so good. It, it was like it was OK, but like I knew I could do better. And so like I immediately went to work on like creating more. And I decided uh Someone was someone posted on Facebook, um, like a Jewish singer. He posted Yitzi Spinner or something. Yeah, Yitzi Spinner was actually my wedding singer at my at, at my wedding. So he like posted on Facebook, and I think a lot of Jews saw it from that. And then I posted there. Oh, I'm going to create a Twitter account because I was very big on Twitter, and I just didn't not big, but I meaning I was very into it. I was I spent a lot of time on it, just reading, mostly lurking, not not being the one in the spotlight, being the one reading. But I'm like, let me create an account, and uh, going forward, I'll post the stuff there. And so that's how Don Zemmer was born because Zemmer is Hebrew for song and Zimmer is a huge personality in the game of baseball. He, he's been in baseball for 50 years. He passed away a few years ago, but as a player, as a coach, and just as a, you know, one of those lovable guys, everyone loves Don Zimmer. So um, Don Zemmer was, was a nice little pun on, on, Don Zimmer. on Don Zimmer and a nod to what you do with the music. I also like that the Don Zimmer icon, the, the profile picture, is a picture of Don Zimmer with a helmet on, but the straps that he has kind of look like Pace coming down. Right. That's a happy coincidence. Yeah. I actually <laughs> I made that connection before. Yeah. So you create this account. What happens next? Like how soon after that 
do things kind of really take off? So it took a while because at first, honestly, um, when I created the account, I only had the intention of doing Jewish songs. Okay. Um, so you're doing like Shabbos Miros. Shabbos Zemmer, Miros. Makes sense. Right. So I did uh, Vishamru and then it was around Pesach time. I did Vihisha Amda and I did a bunch of other Jewish songs. Um, that was my intention. I thought, I thought that this kind of like made sense for Jewish songs. First of all, because people know the words and also the people who are listening and appreciate it know the words. Um, and which I thought was important when watching the videos visually to... To, to be that the people know the words because at the time I wasn't putting any lyrics on there or anything so you kind of have to just kind of know it because I'm singing something different. I'm right. singing the names of the players, not the words. So you have to know the words to appreciate it so they know the words. You Let know, me stop you there before you, before you go any further. Yeah. When you're singing Zmiros on Shabbos, do you ever slip into kind that, of that's the happened. wrong lyrics? That's <laughs> happened. It's happened especially uh, with Kiddush and uh, with Aisha uh, Schail recently and... Yeah, so that, that does happen. I'm, I'm sure your wife loves it when you go into Asia's Island. I use a bencher now when I didn't before, <laughs> to be honest with you, 100% honest with you. Yeah, it's because it, in order to get like a, the right take of making sure I sound good with some of these songs, I sing it a bunch of times and it's drilling it into my head, the wrong words. So I kind of... Right. All right, so back to your origin story. Yeah, so as I was saying, I, um, I was just intending to do Jewish songs at the beginning. I actually remember a conversation with my wife. I'm like how could I do this with a secular song, with an English mainstream song, whatever you want to call it? Um, so, so one of the things I mentioned to you was that people know the words, right? Right. In addition to that, I thought, I thought in my head that kumzits, like slow, that was what was working best, like with Vishamru and Baruch Elyon and all those songs that I did at the beginning, Visham, they're like, they're kind of like kumzitsy. They're slow with a buildup and like melancholy-ish a little bit. So I was thinking, what's a... English version of that song, right? Now, by the way, now, fast forward to now, I don't, I, I'll do the most upbeat songs, I'll do rap, I'll do anything. But right. back then, I, I just wasn't as comfortable, or I didn't know. And I settled on Let It Go to be the first English song that I would do, and I did it. How it, no, people probably don't even realize I did Let It Go originally. This was the first English song that I did, but... As a father of two little <laughs> girls, they, they appreciated it. it. When I've played it for them, they, they loved it. Right. Well, you played the newer version. I so played here's the newer what, version. I, right. I did Let It Go. If you look at like my list of songs, it's like number 20-something. But mm -hmm. it was really the first song I did. However, I was so stupid with Twitter that I didn't know how to post it properly. They have this, on my iPhone at least, this function where they automatically try to trim the video for you. And you have to use your fingers to spread it out and say, right. no, no Twitter, I want you to post the whole thing. And uh, I didn't realize that. And so I'm like, why can't I post this whole song? You know what? I'll just put it on YouTube and post the link. And I did that and <laughs> nobody responded to it, right? right. But people, not that I was getting much response, because again, I was just doing Jewish songs, but... People I thought might respond to like an English song. No one did because, and we'll talk about social media later, right? Yeah. But like when you post a link for YouTube on Twitter, you're asking the person who's watching to take this extra step and people just don't in this generation have that kind of patience and right. interest in doing that. So no one did that. So no one watched it. Anyway, I redid that song later. Um, the next English song that I did, which was really the first one, quote unquote, that I posted native to Twitter, meaning not a link. I posted the video itself to Twitter was the national anthem, which was now in May for the, I think, Memorial Day. Memorial Day, yeah. So I posted that, and that's, that's when things uh, kind of took off in terms of becoming a little bit known in baseball, Twitter world, and uh, things like that. So yeah. before we get into this a little bit further, there's one more aspect of this that, that I want to know when you added it in. When did you add in showing the players' names mm -hmm. on screen? I think that, that this happened 
That was uh, uh, from the beginning. From the beginning. Do you mean the baseball, the baseball reference, reference players? That yeah. was always part of it. Always, always part of it. Okay. Oh, from the literally from the one that I sent you guys in WhatsApp. The okay. Barcelona. Yeah, the but baseball reference was in there. Okay. Yeah. So now you're posting the national anthem on Memorial Day. Right. So what happens? So a bunch of things happen at once. First of all, um, and I'm going to drop some names of some Twitter accounts that, that have been instrumental in, uh, in kind of helping me get out there a little bit. Cespedes Family Barbecue was already following me. They are Jewish guys, and they understood and appreciated the songs that I had posted. So I remember, I think it was Visha Amda, may have been another one. They, they just like replied, OMG, they followed me. Um, they maybe even retweeted it. I don't re- remember exactly, but... They have like 90,000 followers of, and each one of them is like a hardcore baseball fan. They're right, huge, they're a baseball huge Twitter account. Baseball Twitter, as you would call it, right? And so, so Twitter parlance, you know, you say baseball Twitter, uh, Yankee Twitter, whatever word right. it is, Twitter. That, so Jewish Twitter. Jewish Twitter, from Twitter, right. Yeah. Baseball Twitter, they're like, they're just like a huge name in baseball Twitter. And they, and they so I already kind of had them, right? I had a few hundred followers of just like, mostly Orthodox Jewish guys, let's be honest, who followed me and pre- enjoyed the stuff. I had Cespedes Family Barbecue. So they, when I, prom- when I pushed the national anthem, uh, they promoted it. Also, I know someone, um, I had a mutual friend who knew someone named Yoni Mernick, who on Twitter goes by Original Yoni. Um, he does a great job on Twitter. He has like nine or 10,000 followers now, promotes a lot of viral videos on Twitter. Yoni had some kind of connection with Darren Ravel, where Darren Ravel... Was, and who's Darren Ravel? Darren Ravel posts on Twitter. He's actually a polarizing kind of figure. A lot of people like him, don't like him. He, he tweets about gambling mostly, sports, business, sports business and sports gambling. That's like his thing. So anyway, Yoni, this guy Yoni knows Ravel. I knew someone who knew Yoni, or maybe even there were two people in that chain up until Yoni, whatever it is. Yoni posted the, the video, the of Star Spangled Banner on Memorial Day. Okay. Ravel retweeted it. And then a couple other big accounts retweeted it. Real, Real Kent Murphy, which has like a, several hundred thousand followers, retweeted it. There were one or two other places where the video was kind of posted. So on, on Twitter, you could do a, a few things if you want to share. You can either retweet, so you're just straight up retweeting someone and it shows their name and everything. Or you can post the video yourself, so like you can get the likes and retweets, but the video, the video itself is still drawn from like it's sitting in one place on the server and it's still drawing from the original post. Right. That's what Yoni did. So for example, so like the likes and retweets may have been divided up amongst multiple videos, but the views all get added together by Twitter. Right. So that video has over a million views. That's from all these big accounts. Like Darren Ravel has 2 million followers. That's from them sharing this out. And then that was really the, the biggest start was my first English song was Star Spangled Banner. My second song was Take Me Out to the Ball Game, which also got a, like a little bit of hype, not as much, but it was my third song, which really changed everything, which was Lose Yourself, um, my third English song. In the meantime, I was still doing Hebrew. Like I was alternating by week, I think. Like right. I was doing like, like I did Star Spangled Banner, the next week I did like Essa and I or whatever, and then I went back to Take Me Out to the Ball Game, and then I went back to whatever. I don't even remember, you know, Tobla Hodos, whatever. I'm going out of order. You can see it, it going in my timeline. When I did Lose Yourself, that changed everything because... So Cespedes Family Barbecue tweeted out something like, if you're not following Don Zemmer at this point, it's your own fault or something <laughs> like that. I went from like, and it was, uh, it was a huge favor they did for me. I went from, but I went from like 800 followers to like 2,300 or something in a few hours. And I knew at that point doing the math, I'm like, wait a minute, like 80% of my followers are not people here because of my Zmiros. Right. They're here because of my rap song or maybe because of National Anthem. So I... 
that put me in this position where I had to rethink how I guess you could say brand myself. I'm not thinking in big words like that, but how I how I go about pushing this stuff out there, right? And okay. that's ultimately how my uh, I decided to split up my accounts. So now you have one account for the I guess secular right. music that appeals to a mass audience, and you have one account for Jewish songs, and they're called so Don Zemmer. So Don is Zemmer. Still... I did. I yeah. I decided. You know what? I Don Zemmer. It would be great if Don, I could make Don Zemmer the Jewish one because it's the word Zemmer, right. and then start a new account for it. But I couldn't do that. Because, because you had already had the followers. Had, uh, yeah, and, and, and at this point, like, like um, you know, Darren Ravel followed me and, and Trevor Williams on the Pirates followed me and things like that. I didn't want to make that my Jewish account. And so I had to kind of keep Don Zemmer as the English account. Right. So then I'm like, what's even more Jewish than Zemmer? Don's Muros. And <laughs> just, 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 just plural for songs. And I think from that point on, maybe, maybe I did one more Jewish song after Lose Yourself. I don't even know if I did. That was on Don Zemmer. The rest of them, though, have been have been on Don's Miros. All right, and uh, just for those out there, "Lose Yourself" originally sung by Eminem. Eminem. Okay. Just in case people don't know. Okay. Um, how do you come up with your song selection? Where do you where do you get that idea of which song you're going to do next? Um, I don't know. No real rhyme or reason. Um, it's kind of songs I like, songs I, that I think will sound good or go over well, right? So, um, so I guess I do know. It's a combination yeah. of, of those factors, right? Like I want a song that um, you want a song that's easy for people to know the know the, the words, lyrics, right? That's important to me because if people know the words, they won't have to be thinking what's he saying when it doesn't sound exactly right. They right. already know the words. So, very popular songs is 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 like a prerequisite. Um, all, I, I would never do some random song, indie song. You know, it has to be like a huge, huge hit. And then all the songs I've done are, are big. Um, but on top of that, I think songs that are more modern, like songs that have like been on the radio recently, I've seen that those have done better generally. But yeah, I, I'm trying to, I try to think of stuff, A, that I like. I want to enjoy it. This, is, this whole thing is a hobby for me, so I want to make sure that I'm still having fun. And so that's why I'll pay, honestly, even if I don't think it'll do well sometimes, I'll, I'll go for it and I'll just sing a, classic rock song that I think, whatever, I, I, people didn't like Lola when I did Lola, for, and not that they didn't like it, it didn't do as well as some of the other songs I've done, okay. I was so proud of that one, I thought it was one of my best, honestly, probably my, I think it's my best work, is Lola, Okay. Um, but even after that, I'm like, I'll still do more classic rock, I like it, so right. I've done some more since then, and some have done well, and like Piano Man, and uh, did well, we, we didn't start the fire, the two Billy Joel songs did well, and some didn't, but either way, like, so part of it is like me enjoying it, part of it is what do I think people will like, which is, you know, more modern stuff and also recognizable famous songs. When Izzo came into to my apartment to record this before, I was showing you Sweet Home Alabama, which right. I just did. and Which will hopefully be released before this podcast comes if, out. I'm sure it will be. And if it won't, then people will know that Sweet Home Alabama is coming because Steve Holm, a former player, asked me to do it. And that really like made me excited. And I'm like, for sure, if a player wants to ask me to do something or a former player, I'm going to do it. Um, there's a part in the song that goes, boo-hoo-hoo, right? In Birmingham, they love the governor. Boo-hoo-hoo. That's, those are the words. I don't right. know what boo-hoo-hoo. I don't know why he says that, but I did boon, boon, boon with, with uh, Ray Boon, Bob Boon, and then I'll have to pick either Brett, Brett or Aaron, Aaron. Boone, okay. right? Because there's three generations of boons. It's a classic baseball family, like, shtick. It's shtick. That's what right. I'm doing. I'm doing shtick. So I'm not going to try. I could try to be perfect. I could look for a boo and a who. Chin Lun Hu. I could do him. But I don't want to. I and sometimes I sacrifice a match for shtick. For that's my what I'm favorite, I think my favorite shtick that you did was in Vihisha Umda actually, 
where at the end of it, uh, Jakob Schwecki, who sings the song, had just has a part where he goes, da 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 dum and you added in different players' names who were basically... Diddy do da dum Diddy do da dum So it's Didi Gregorius, <laughs> Lucas Duda, and it was Dom was Dom Smith. Probably Dom Smith. Dom Smith. So you just added that in, and then that adds to the humor. Right. So one question that I've wondered for a while, and even being part of how this originated, I didn't really know. How do you choose the names that you actually choose? What's the methodology behind that? Sure. So I am a huge baseball fan, have been my whole life. So a lot of this, especially at the beginning, earlier versions of my earlier songs that I've put out there, is you know, the biggest tool in my toolbox was just my, my knowledge of, I have pretty good memory too, of just like baseball players, past and present, right? Um, over time, just from doing these songs, I've learned a lot of the basic names. So now I've already mentioned like Sweet Home Alabama a couple of times in this, in this interview, right? Yeah. When I sat down to write that one, I already knew a lot of the basic words. If I, if I need the word and, I know to go to hand. Brad Hand or okay. Donovan Hand. If I need, you know, there's a baseball player named C and Say and Hi, I use for I and Heim, I use for I'm and me, Tommy Me. And then there's a bunch of players last name U. The thing also is that I, um, you know, there's U Darvish. I, I haven't talked about this, but I don't use first names. This is kind of like a self-imposed rule. Um, I only use last names or full names or nicknames. Okay. So I don't use a first name only. So I won't use any more. I did this early on, but I don't do it now. Like for you, I won't use you, Darvish. And the reason for that is it's not such so much logic behind it besides for like I'm just trying to stick to that rule. But I, I, another big part is that I think it's easier, you know, it moves fast. And I'm trying to keep the person's eye trained to a certain spot on the screen. And I want them to always be thinking last name. If you're looking at, the, at a baseball reference and I'm flipping through baseball reference pages, in front of you. Okay. I want your eye to just be focused in the same kind of area, not look left to right to left. Oh, first name here and last name there. Too confusing. Right. So now I just do kind of like full names. That's why I don't do you for you for 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 uh, you Darvish. You for I don't for, do you Darvish for you. Right. And so, but in other words, in in any event, you hand high I'm C. Those are those all I picked up just from doing these. And I know sometimes words from doing these that are hard or impossible, like life and live and some other words that are just like, I, I know that's going to be, oh man, that's going to be hard. I have to totally fudge that one. Um, and so I do, but so it's a combination <laughs> of, um, of like baseball history knowledge and having done this before and then having an Excel spreadsheet, which uh, my friend helped built for me, which uh, I basically, it didn't take long. We copied and pasted just entire baseball reference into the spreadsheet so I can search because baseball reference has a great autocomplete functionality you type mm -hmm. in a and it'll fill out whatever name they think you're trying to type but that only works left to right beginning of a name first couple letters what if i want a name ending in ing right but i don't know what the beginning of that name is i'm open to changing it up for the word living uh, i just want anything that rhymes with living and i want it to end in ing so then i could search my excel and i could type in uh. ing and it'll bring up control f i just bring up a whole list of uh of names that that have that ending one question that I feel like is on everybody's mind is how long does this actually take? So um, Steve Holm mentioned Sweet Home Alabama, yes, Sweet Home Alabama yesterday, and it's it's done right now. Um, except for half an hour of work of like taking the actual snaps and fitting them in. I already sang it. Already wrote the whole thing. 
Um, that was a fast one, though, right? So some of them are quicker than others. So it's got a range. The fast um, ones would take you a total of hours of, of if, man if, hours. If I, see, I have a job, and I have a wife and kid, and I have stuff going on. How so I you? don't just sit down and do it. Okay. Theoretically, if I did just sit down and be like, get it done, I could get the whole thing done beginning to end in like three hours, okay. four hours. But I'm spreading it out. So I'm doing a few minutes here, a few minutes there. And so I take my time. Like I'm not in a rush. I'm not posting more than once a week. That's like the most I'll post anyway. Something that now, lately, I've been going even longer between songs. So whatever. Like if it takes me a couple of weeks, that doesn't mean it's taking me a couple of weeks of like every day sitting there day and night no it's a few minutes when i get when i get it in between everything else i have going on um but that said yeah it takes probably several hours for each song nothing crazy i would say like estimate like three four hours but if that includes different elements of the song creation which are writing it which is the biggest piece of time to, is comes from writing the song choosing the names um i'll i'll write it all out and then um once I do that, I'll, at this point, I usually just open a song app that I have and I just sing it while playing karaoke, sing along, probably takes a few takes to get it right. And then I have to put, go to baseball reference and snap each person. And then I have to go back to the app and import each picture. And then I have to edit the timing of the, how long each name is displayed. Right. So that's, that's the whole process. So it's not just recording their screen and hitting next on the pictures. Right. It's not that. No, it's not that. Okay. I, um, I do all the snap, I call them snaps, screenshots, whatever you call it. I okay. do all those at once. And then um, I import them all in a batch and then they're all there. And then I just have to, you can select the length, like this one, you know, and I'm listening to myself sing as I stretch. The, oh, this one, I have to stretch longer that picture. See what I'm saying? Right. And when they're done, how long are the songs? The songs are always under two minutes and 20 seconds. Why? Because that's Twitter's limit. Twitter's limit. You can only put a video of 220. Which I guess is based on 140. Like they have 140 characters for a text. So 140 seconds for a video. You can't get out of that limit unless you're like a major, like a major account, like your ESPN or something or MLB. And then you can like. I think it's up to 10 minutes at that point. So for the rest of us peons, I have two minutes and 20 seconds to work with. So yeah, I never go for the full song anyway. I usually, in my head, I'm like, let me go to the first chorus. But then I'll see, like with Sweet Home Alabama, I did it to the first chorus. And I'm like, it's only a minute and like 15 seconds or something. How far would the second chorus be? And it was right under 220. So I'm like, I'm going to do it. All right, let me write the second lyric and do, go through it again. And so it depends. It depends on the song and the speed, the, you know, the pacing of that song. So each one of them ends up being between one and two minutes long. So you mentioned that Steve Holm reached out to you and literally requested a song. Mm -hmm. Trevor Williams, I know, was in one of your songs. He, was in, he did a, a wake up thing. Right, uh, right. Which song is that? That's uh, Chop, Chop Suey. Yeah. Chop Suey. So he had, and the, and the real lyric is wake up. Wake up. And the Don Zimmer lyric was way cup. Correct. Okay. So, but you, and he was like a guest singer on, on the song. What other well-known mm -hmm. people have really tweeted it out or, or responded to, to your, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not the first media person to contact you or to cover this. I remember hearing something about on, on the Boomer and Geo show in the morning. Mm -hmm. That was something. So if you want to talk a little bit about that and any other outlets that might have reached out to you or covered it. Yeah, they mentioned me on the Boomer and Geo show. You about covered it. I mean, that... They, they you know, didn't tell me about it or anything. They just, uh, one morning, a bunch of people are tweeting, hey, Don, at Don Zimmer, uh, I don't know if you know, they're talking about you on, on Boomer and Geo. Um, yeah, they, there was a segment there. There was um, someone reached out to 
This is the first time I'm on a podcast, actually. Oh, well, welcome. Thank you. Someone spoke about me on a podcast after having reached out to me, spoke to me on the phone for a while. I told them all about a lot of the same stuff I'm telling you, just about my background and my process. And so that person spoke about He did a great job, actually. His name is Stefan Fatsis. He has a podcast on Slate called Hang Up and Listen, and he did an amazing job. Uh, I thought in like a five minute segment, this is taking a half hour to an hour, this your show, right? Yep. And I'm all over the place and we're like, you know, trying our best here. He summarized it in five minutes and nailed it and brought in examples. And I was really, I was blown away by that. So his name is Stefan Fatsis. That's Slate's Hang Up and Listen. Um, besides that, um, they wrote about me on Barstool. Um, Clem, like from Barstool, he's one of the Barstool guys. Okay. Um, the only Barstool guy I know is the guy who does the pizza reviews. Okay. That's like, that's <laughs> the El Presidente. That's the head of Dave okay. Portnoy. So, so Clem in the Clem reporter, he, he like, he wrote a blog about it, Golf Digest, um, a couple other places just like wrote up stuff, not having reached out. None of those did. They just kind of like wrote an article based on check out this really wacky video, you know, and then <laughs> show the video. So, so are you surprised by how much of a following this, this got? Or are you kind of over that surprise by now? How do you kind of compartmentalize what has happened with the Don Zimmer account? Yeah, um, no, it's pretty cool. You know, especially when players or former players, you know, recognize you in any kind of way. Or to be honest, even just like media personalities. Like um, I grew up in New York listening to The Fan and Sweeney Murdy is Sweeney Murdy. He's the Yankee. Yeah. He's the Yankee guy in The Fan. And he like said this is brilliant or something to like Sound of Silence. And I'm like, that's Sweeney Murdy. I like, I grew up listening to Sweeney Murdy just talk about, you know, Joe Torre interviews and stuff. So like that stuff like that is always really cool. You know, like it, it, it'll kind of like hit me by surprise sometimes. Like Jeff Passan recently tweeted, he, he basically wrote, I forgot what it was exactly. He was showing like the top 10 and the bottom, bottom 14 of uh, baseball's, let's say payroll. And I'm like, wait, so you're only missing six teams in the middle. So I'm like, at Jeff Pass and show me like the six teams in the middle. He's like, only because my father is a huge fan of you, <laughs> here it is. And I'm like, that's really cool. Like this is Jeff Pass and this is one of the biggest MLB insiders and just something like that. The fact that he knows who I am, the fact that his father, it, he, whether or not that's true, if he even knows who I am, that's like pretty cool. So like, no, I, I'm not over it. I'm, I'm still kind of, new stuff tends to keep happening where I'm like, wow. Like, and it kind of, it's very cool and it, and it invigorates me to keep going and being like, let me try to get bigger. You and know? you actually ended up in a, in some sort of a Twitter poll, uh, like mm. the best baseball follower. What was that? Uh, yeah, no, that, uh, that was really cool. I, I don't know who did it. I, I forgot his name. Um, someone made like a bracket for like a March Madness style, March Madness style. Yeah. A lot of stuff, honestly, a lot of stuff at the end of the year really helped me gain some followers. Like, uh, there's an account called Max, Max Goldstein, which everyone should follow if you like baseball. So he, he's tweeted out a bunch of times. These are like the top, my favorite accounts. And he would list like nine legitimately amazing baseball Twitter accounts and then me. And I'm like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> it got like 100 retweets and I would pick up like 200 followers, um, you know, something like that. Um, yeah, what you're talking about, someone made, um, also happened at the end of the year. Someone, someone did like a bracket of like the best Twitter accounts and it was a similar experience. It was like all these accounts that I've been following for the past like five years and me. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Then when stuff like that happened, my phone was blowing up with notifications because I'm tagged in the poll and people are replying to it. And it was really cool. And it was really cool to actually see that there were people replying to it like, no, you should listen to Don Zemmer. He's funny or he's, it is worth following. Um, it wasn't just like, 
put in there, but then no mention or totally for no, like it, it's legit. So it made me feel like, oh, I do belong here, you know, like a, as a as a legitimate uh, baseball Twitter account. Nice. That that sounds that sounds amazing. Yeah. I would love to know how to get that kind of following for the Jewish Living podcast. That would be great. Um, as a matter of fact, I want to talk to you a little bit about what you've learned in social media. So we mentioned a couple of things earlier that you've learned. First thing w- was that people don't click on YouTube links. What other lessons have you learned from the social media sphere and how to further your footprint in Twitter or other social media platforms? So I'm not an expert at all. I work for a telecommunications company that has a big marketing department. Um, I have a lot of colleagues who work in marketing have actually picked their brains about it and stuff. At the same time, I'm learning new things every day and I don't claim to be an expert at all. But what I have learned um, is very basic stuff. So first of all, I've been focusing on Twitter. I do have a Facebook account, an Instagram account, um, a TikTok account, and a YouTube account. But I do focus on Twitter because that's where I'm most comfortable. That's what I've done, been involved with in the past few years. That's what I've just, uh, whatever. That's where I, I, you know, everyone has their own platform. That's my platform. So um, I know a little bit about how it works. How to share a tweet, how to tweet, retweet, right? Comment, reply. Thing with Twitter is that it's it's very it's very people based, which means that's how I'm my own words. Like you're, it's all about how many people follow you and how many followers do they have, and then are they sharing your stuff? And if they are, it's going to spread. It's that simple, right? So if you have um, even one follower, it could be one guy. You could have one follower, but if it's Darren Ravel, as an example, just from earlier that we talked about, who has two million followers and he retweets your thing, it's as if he tweeted it, and right. so right. So it's the same. So what you're trying to do to, to um, get your stuff out there, to, to maximize views, to push your stuff out there, is to find and engage big accounts. So you, these accounts, that's, that's how I view it, accounts that have a lot of followers. You want to engage them. Best way to do that is to reply to their stuff, to be honest with you. If someone posts something who has a lot of followers and you reply, and your, follow, your, your reply gets a lot of likes on its own, a lot of people, you could click the view activity underneath your tweet, It'll have tens of thousands of impressions just from your reply. What's an impression? Uh, that's the amount of times it was seen. Okay. Very simple, right? So, so yeah. So on Twitter, there's two feeds on Twitter. There's latest tweets or there's home. Latest tweets is not an algorithm. It's just literally going to show a person chronologically the most recent activity of anybody that they follow. Okay. Then there's home. Home is algorithm-based. This, this is my understanding. I, I might be slightly off on stuff, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Home is algorithm-based, which is Twitter thinking what you might want to see from the past X hours, okay? It's not going to show you old stuff. It okay. might, actually. I'm not sure. But it'll, it'll show you recent, but a combination of recent and what they think that you might want to engage with. And what is that? That's stuff that you've engaged with in the past, right? So if you have a lot of followers on Twitter, that's nice, but it's not enough. You want to have followers that engage with your stuff because if they don't you won't show up in their feed necessarily when people are on the home feed you might not show up you're going to post something and they might not see it so this is something i learned you want to try to get engagement and the best way to do that is to give engagement so so recently i started following people i didn't follow people originally on twitter i just kind of like i just at first i followed myself i followed my personal account then i took that off and then i didn't follow anybody then I'm like, no, let me follow back some of the bigger accounts that follow me, right? Or, and, and other accounts too that I'm friends with or that I find interesting. And I'll make sure to engage with those people, like their stuff, retweet their stuff, because 
When you do that, then they're more likely to reciprocate. When they do that, they're more likely to see your future stuff. And that's, that's kind of some of the things that I've learned um, that in order to get engagement, you have to give engagement, um, to focus on trying to get like kind of bigger accounts, to notice your stuff. So there's, and also, and all the last thing, in the home feed, um, they, this is where the links come in. Twitter likes native videos. A native video is a video posted to Twitter, not a link to YouTube. Right. They, they literally, first of all, the people don't like clicking on a YouTube link. But besides that, Twitter doesn't like it. So they are less likely to show that to people if there's a link. They don't want you leaving their website. So they want you, right? They're going to be less likely right. to show it. So if that's, that's why I do my videos native to Twitter. Um, and maybe I'll do a YouTube link or something. I'm messing around with trying to grow YouTube a little, to be honest with you, because that's where monetization is these days as opposed to Twitter. But um, it's really like not, not something that, I'm, that I've uh, mastered yet at, at all. I only have a couple hundred subscribers on YouTube versus a few thousand on Twitter. But, um, but yeah, so that, that's, that's another big thing is, is on, on, you know, you're trying, when you post something native to Twitter, they, the algorithm okay. favors it. I just want to pick your brain a couple more things on social media. I noticed that the Don's Miros account is in triple parentheses. What's that about? Yeah, that's just, um, that's, that's to say like Jewish version of, of Don, Don's Miros. So a while back, I think a lot of, um, and it's still ongoing. If you're on Twitter, it could be a nasty place. A lot of like white supremacists, totally racist people will say it's because of them. And they'll put them in triple parentheses. And it refers to Jews. Like, I guess it's like they're called echoes, like they echo throughout history or something like Jews are always at the source uh -huh. of all the problems, something like that. So um, it's a common thing that Jews to kind of just like co-opt it and just take it back. We'll just we'll we'll make our accounts. I'm Jewish. Deal with it and put parentheses around it. So the whole stick there is Don Zemmer, but Jewish version. Ah, uh, OK. All right. There it is. <laughs> I was just curious about that. Yeah. Um, I did notice that other Jewish Twitter that I follow do that as well. Right. So. I was just curious as to why that was. So let's dig a little bit further into Twitter being a potentially nasty place. Have you seen that yourself? Negative feedback that you get? Or if you talk about the positive feedback that you get? Yeah. No, honestly, no, I, I haven't. I mean, of, when you have a video that gets a million views and you have like um, hundreds of replies or thousands of replies, like there are going to be people who say like, this is stupid. This guy has way too much time on his hands. This guy's voice is terrible. But like that <laughs> stuff doesn't bother me so much. Like nothing really like particularly bad that I've ever seen. Honestly, okay. besides stuff that I just said, like, okay, negative, but that's not, you know, the end of the world. Um, plenty of positive feedback, especially earlier on. A lot of people are very impressed, I think, with the concept of, of, just what went into creating it and the thought behind it. Right. It could be my like 19th video or my 31st video, but to them, if it's the first, they're like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. And then I feel like if they've seen more of my videos, then after a while, it's like, oh, okay, you're just doing that again. It kind of like, you know, almost There's has a law of diminishing returns. Diminishing returns, exactly what I was going to say. Um, I think that applies for sure with some of my stuff. Um, but so I, I, what I'm saying is I've noticed a lot of extremely positive feedback from people who either don't follow me or they, they post extremely positive feedback and then they follow me. Right. Right. Whereas people who already follow me might just like it or, or maybe they'll retweet it, but they'll probably just like it or replies is great. Good job. Which is, which is awesome. I love that. Keep that coming. But it's, it's just, it's It makes me, it amuses me a little bit that I think that people, um, and it makes sense. Like the first time you see something like that, that you find impressive, you might be like, oh, that's really cool. But after a while, 
I've just been there, done that. Right. So maybe it's on me now to like do something, even take it to a new level somehow. And I have to kind of think of that. But so I saw that when you first started this, the first thing that I thought of to compare it to was the bad lip reading guys, mm-hmm. where that was kind of a cool thing that you saw initially. Right. And then the more you saw it, like, all right. Exactly. But Something like that. Like, I love those bad lip readers. Those they're, N- they're hilarious. The NFL stuff, yeah. They do it with anything. The NFL, they did it with the, with the, with the uh, State of the Union address one oh, year. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, so if, you've, uh, if you're bored on a Saturday night and you, or whatever it is and you're sitting there for three hours and you're just watching this stuff, by the end of that three hours, you're probably like a little less impressed right. than you were at the beginning. At the beginning, you're blown away. You're jumping out of your chair. And then in the middle, you're like, okay. And then at the end, you're just, just staring at your screen. Right. Maybe huh, grunting a laughter. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing here. I think like it's that whatever. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. So I want to go a little bit more into Jewish Twitter or from Twitter because the Don Zemir's account stopped being exclusively about releasing songs. You also like dipped your toe into some of like the comedy aspect of Judaism. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, no, um, a little bit. I mean, it's primarily my place to just post my Jewish versions of my songs. Um, but at the same time, I enjoy that aspect of Twitter. So listen, so like I have my personal account and then I, I have three accounts. I have my personal account. This is just me and how, why, and I'll try to explain how I got it into the Don Zemiros account, being okay. like more from. Um, I have my personal account, my Don Zemmer account, my Don Zemiros. My personal is like, all baseball, all my hottest takes on baseball, all like if I, whatever, I'm not, I don't hold back. It's my personal account. Don Zemmer, it's more like I'll retweet big news or I'll make a joke or anything with a pun or anything baseball name related or things like that, right? Okay. In, on top of my songs, like that's what I do. But Don's Miros was an opportunity to be like from and Jewish and, and like with that kind of humor that I don't really want to mix with either of the other two accounts. Right. And so if I think of a funny Jewish joke or I want to retweet something from like Ellie Leibowitz or AIM Humor or whatever, like one of those people, that's the account to do that from. Um, so that's why, I mean, for now I have these three accounts. I don't know if that'll last or I, I don't know what, what's, what, like how long that'll last, but that's what I have for now. And that's how I kind of approach each of them. All right, so Simi, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we before we leave, you wanna I know we've been talking about it the whole time, literally, but if you wanna plug all of your various social media accounts. Sure. Um just follow Don Zemmer on YouTube and Twitter. So youtube.com slash Don Zemmer and subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Don Zemmer. And if you're into niche Jewish jokes and stuff like that, you could take a look at Don Zmiros. Um check it out. That's it. TikTok? TikTok. Uh, Don Zemmer's on TikTok as well. All right. Yeah. So YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. All Don right. Don Zemmer. Don Zemmer slash Simi Cohn. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Izzo. My thanks to Simi Cohn for joining us this week and give us some insider baseball on Don Zemmer. A couple of notes on the discussion. First, because I know someone will try to reach out to me with this information, but the line in Sweet Home Alabama is actually boo, 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 not boo, hoo, hoo. And the reason Leonard Skinner was booing was that Alabama governor George Wallace was a noted supporter of segregation, and this was a way of protesting him. Secondly, a lot of people are going to be wondering why we didn't play any actual Don Zemmer songs, and the reason is you kind of need to watch the videos that he puts out in conjunction with the songs because it helps it to make a lot more sense. 
All right, so we have a question for everyone in the audience who plays fantasy sports. What is the best Judaism-related pun you've used or seen used in your sports teams? Tweet your answer to us using the hashtag JewishFantasySports. Simi gave the example of Kain Yehi Rudson. My favorite was from this past NFL season when a friend in my league named Shirley Spiegel named his team Mikol Ha'amim after Chiefs wide receiver Mikol Hardman. If you don't have a good name, now is the time to start thinking about one as baseball season is right around the corner. Hope you enjoy the season, and of course, as always, call to The Jewish Living Podcast is produced by Sroli Pikus. Our theme song is The Band by A.B. Rottenberg from Journeys 4. You can email the show at jewishlivingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at jewish underscore living. The Jewish Living Podcast is recorded in conjunction with the Queen's Jewish Link. Um, so, Star Spangled Banner, right? It, Jose, Jose, can you see? Uh, so well, I just, it's actually Ose, can you see? Ose. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in, please. That's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You see, this is an example of me confusing real life with my, my songs.